0: hey cam yes alex how much how
1: much of a bike rider were you as a kid um quite a bit uh you know grew up out in the sticks, so it was all like dirt road or through the woods biking you know we you know i didn't grow up like in a neighborhood where i could ride a bike on the sidewalk somewhere but um I sat at my grandmother's house a lot as a kid, especially during the summer, and she had this long dirt driveway, and so, like, my cousins and I would, like, drag race down the driveways. Yeah, we we rode bikes quite a bit growing up. What about you?
0: Oh, man. Until about, well, until I started driving, I I rode my bike everywhere. Nice. My my dad's always been an avid cyclist, and, and actually, when we were living in Chapel Hill, he was running... Uh, a, a bicycle manufacturing company. Um, so, so I was, I was, uh, very immersed in, in cycling very early on. Um, but yeah, I, that reminded me, you, you know, you know what the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed
1: man on a bicycle is, Right. Oh, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me. Well, it's it's a tire. Bicycle. Bicycle.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What shaking bacon? Oh, not too much, not too much. Had a good week. Uh, what 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 are you drinking this
1: evening, Cam? Uh tonight I'm going with the essence of life. I'm drinking some high quality H2O. Swig of water for the working man. That's
0: uh, I you and and from what I've gathered, you you have been a hard working
1: man. It's, I'm it's a hard working man. What? <laughs> yes, yes, it is uh it was quite the weekend uh here at the at the Matthews compound, you could say. Um been busy been hard at it hard at it folks then got a got a disruptive email this morning about the uh my house is being built but we won't get into that but i digress
0: sounds like fun
1: yes what are you drinking sir
0: uh i am drinking a crisp apple craft cider from atlanta hard cider company swig of adult apple juice for the working man is it so is it actually crisp or is it kind of sweet or Um, I, I, I tend when I go for a cider, I tend to go for the the drier, less sweet ones. Yes. Um, yeah. And it is
1: that. Yeah, I, I've only ever found like a, and, and not that like I go out and seek ciders because they're just really not my thing. But of the few that I've tried, I have found a couple uh, that were to my liking, but I find most of them are just like too syrupy. Oh, yeah. Like Like, way too sweet.
0: Any honestly, any of the big brands like the the Bold Rock or the the um, the Angry Orchard way, way, way too sweet. Oh, yes. But anyway, guys, no time like the present to remind you that Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is a site that compiles all of the greatest podcasts just like our friends Doc and Dylan over at the Platinum Sobrero Podcast. And if you were listening to us on Saturday when we were live, you were doing so on Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is an audio-only sports talk platform available for free in the iTunes and Google Play stores, basically like a live podcast, or in our case the other day, we gave we gave you guys a game call for the uh, for the Braves versus Giants game. And, and for uh, for those of you who joined us, uh, we hope you had a good time. Uh, it was certainly a lot of fun for us. Uh, Cam gave us uh, about six innings of, of absolutely professional play by play call.
1: And I, I was there, too. <laughs> yeah, um gave you about six innings and then I got distracted. <laughs> look yeah i'll say this it it was a lot of fun and i really appreciate everybody that hopped on in the chat with us and hung out i appreciate uh jumping on the broadcast with us uh he'll have to be our paul bird next time we do a full game (laughs) that that seems like a role that he could really thrive in Oh, absolutely. We'll have to let Paul Byrd know about it though, so that way he can make a Jeff Donahue presents meme. <laughs> oh, that would be delightful. Oh, oh for sure, for sure. Well, of course, you do learn that uh, you know, broadcasts don't always go the way that you want, and that was uh, ever true on Saturday evening. You can't always call a winner, but it was fun though. I I, I had a blast doing that. It I hope was. everybody
0: it, it, it was it was the the very first time uh, any Iteration of the Chatting Average podcast has been live. That's right. um, Cam, I know you're somewhat used to doing live broadcasts. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was shaking in my boots as we were getting started. Like, that was rather unusual for me. I've never broadcast anything (laughs) live before, so that was pretty crazy.
1: Well, I'll I'll put it to you this way. I somebody who's been doing it for, uh, well, Coming up on four years now since my first ever uh, football broadcast, I will say that it still happens. Like, I am still deathly nervous before every single broadcast, no matter what I'm calling. Um, But the way I figure it is that, you know, if you're nervous or if you're anxious about it, that just means that, A, you're alert, and, B, that you care about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. i I feel like the day that i put the headset on and i'm not nervous or anxious you know at the very least about the broadcast i'm about to do that might be the time for me to hang it up because then at that point i've just gotten overly comfortable or i don't i don't care as much
0: fair enough that's uh that that's sound reasoning there but yeah had a had a whole lot of fun with that and uh Don't know, don't know when we're going to do it again, but, uh, but we'll certainly do it again at some point and, uh, and, and hope that uh, as many, if not more of you guys join us next time around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, next time we do it, we'll try to make sure that we don't have a few major football games going on that night either. We were, uh, yeah,
0: we, we were up, we were up against uh, what Auburn Penn State. And uh, I think maybe the tail end of Alabama, Florida. Uh, and Georgia, South Carolina. And Georgia, South Carolina, yes.
1: <laughs> and, of course, the biggest game of Saturday, uh, North Carolina and Virginia. I, I do think you called that game live as
0: much. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf, Builder rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. As as you called the baseball game we were watching.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I kind of had two screens up Saturday night. I was calling the Braves game, but I also had the Carolina game going off to the side. Uh Gave a gave a few calls on, on that game as well. Not that I'm trying to take Jones Angel spot or anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so um, so so shifting from there, Cam, right before we started recording, um, yes. you were you, you were telling me uh, a little bit more than I had already known about uh, a story that came out of the, the Braves clubhouse in the last day or two. Uh, Care to care to elaborate on
1: that a bit? Uh, yeah, apparently, you know, Freddie Freeman doesn't like days off, big surprise, but he also doesn't like days off for his infielders, big surprise, um, so I, I can, I can see both sides of the story, I can see folks saying, well, we've seen it in the past where teams uh, from Atlanta have run out of steam as they head into the postseason, you know, because of maybe lack, lack of days off, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then I also see from the standpoint of like, you're in the dead heat of a divisional race right now. You know, we have a two game lead with two weeks left to play. Uh, you need as much production as you can get out of everybody right now. Sure. And, and sure. Yeah. It's easy to say that, Oh, well, you know, everybody could have taken a day off in June or July, yada, yada. I, I think, you know, game management and roster management is a lot harder than what a lot of us probably give credit for. Um, I, you know, I don't see any issue with having someone who is insistent that everybody, if healthy plays at their top level whenever they can, but I wouldn't mind seeing these guys get a day off now and then either. Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people got kind of bent out of the frame this afternoon over this. story. It
0: seemed like people were getting pretty fired up about it. And I, I was I was a little late to the party and, and kind of still getting caught up on it a little bit. But um, you know, right now for the situation the 2021 Braves currently find themselves in, they they can't really afford to give any of their impact players a day off because the 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 lead that the Braves hold as we're recording this. Uh, could be gone 36 hours from now. Yeah, and yeah, two games. There's no guarantee of the postseason at the moment. Now, if it was a season like, uh, like maybe 2019, where we had the division wrapped up by the middle of September,
1: um, then, then in fact, I could... yeah. In fact, uh, two years ago today, we we clinched the division. Well, there you go. As we're
0: recording this on the 20th, um, yeah. So, yeah, like in that period of time that I could understand, you know, resting some of the stars, get keeping them fresh for the postseason. You know, if you start resting stars now here where we're at in 2021, there might not be a postseason. So doesn't really matter. But uh, I'll also say this, that whether you love or whether you hate the the attitude and opinion that Freddie Freeman has on this Every single team, I guarantee you, has one, if not more, players that that believe and try to enforce the exact same thing. Every oh, team, yeah. it's going to be a distinct mix of all sorts of different personalities and different leadership styles. And that's all going to manifest itself a little bit differently. But I guarantee you that on, on every team in baseball... There is somebody playing the role of of their Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, I I think it, I think it's a nothing story. I I, I really do. Um, it, it didn't
0: it didn't seem like much, but but I mean, it, 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 to... it
1: was it was from it was from a I think it was like from a Yahoo Sports writer who I had never heard. Like it just it felt like it felt very much like a do nothing story, but I was. Sure. I was very surprised by the number of people that immediately jumped on Freddie over this. And I saw plenty of people coming to his defense saying like he's a team leader. What, you know, what else do you expect him to say?
0: Well, it's just, it's, it's yet, yet another classic case of the internet turning into a contest of who can have the biggest reaction and who can hate the thing that people think is bad the most. Folks just need to
1: like, I don't know, go outside and touch some grass or something, right? Like, but be but be sure to uh, put a face covering on, which I didn't do on Saturday, and I now have a sinus infection because I breathed in dust and dirt all day. <laughs> 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 anyway, happy Monday, folks. Well, how's your lawn looking though? Uh, it is it is trimmed to perfection, son. Very get nice. You, get Very you some nice. of that. How many how many squares of sod did you put down? None. <laughs> <I'm> talking <about. laughs> That is all natural, baby.
0: <laughs> that that's really impressive. So as anyone who's listened to more than an episode of this show knows, Cam is working on uh on the plot for his new house and and um has not planted grass and the other day sent me a picture of what appeared to be a a completely full daggum lawn of grass
1: yeah yeah so uh fun fact the lot that i'm building on it's old family land it used to be a tobacco field so that is some fertile soil and by golly grass naturally grew and yeah i have a thick yard full of grass and an empty pad where i'm now waiting on my house so yeah there you go
0: you got a riding mower Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, nice. Yeah. You got to You got to get the riding mower. Um, We have kind of a small yard at the house we just bought. So uh, my aspiration is to have a big enough yard one day where I can justify going out and buying
1: a riding mower. Man, I'm telling you, I, I personally, I love cutting grass. Like I absolutely love mowing the yard. I always have. I love nothing more than like putting my headphones in and turning some music on or turning a ball game on and just being outside for a couple of hours. It's great. It's tremendous.
0: Oh yeah. Are they, are they putting cup holders in, uh, in riding mowers
1: these days? Uh, yeah, a lot of the newer models have them. Uh, mine is not a newer model, so I do not have one, oh, but, shame. but I have considered taking like a foam koozie, getting some industrial, uh, adhesive, and just, like, putting it on the side of my mower <laughs> so I
0: would have a cup holder. <laughs> well, there's a very simple solution for that, and, and that's that's just getting yourself a beer helmet. What am I, Happy Gilmore's Caddy? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, okay. And, and as soon as that happens, I demand uh, a picture of, of you, Cam Matthews, riding your riding mower uh, with your beer helmet on.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I will absolutely have to do that. Hey, speaking of... uh. Speaking of stuff with helmets, um, hey, if your if your NFL team has started off the season two and zero, raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody?
0: Alex. I, I am. I am not raising my hand. Oh. Cam. I'm sorry. You know you know that. I think you. Oh, know I, I you didn't did. know what 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 happened. Um. Well, you see um, Falcons are bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a lot of fun to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, so uh, let's go Braves. So, okay, 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 Let me let me, any, let me ask Braves to do something
1: that gets me all the way through to next baseball season. Let me let me ask a serious question just because i'm not i'm not at all tapped into the the falcons universe sure what what exactly were expectations coming into this year no
0: i don't think anybody had high expectations okay Um, as bad as the last two years had been there there were hopes um there were aspirations Right. Uh, but there were certainly no expectations. Okay. okay. And um, despite the fact that there were no expectations, uh, this team has still managed to fail to meet expectations. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think I so saw- So we, we, week one was pretty rough. Week two was better than week one. Okay. So So we played a half of good football in Thank week you. two- after did. not having played any good football week one. So look out week three. <laughs>
1: I get three quarters my, of a good game. I put a solid three quarters together. By
0: God, I don't know the exact stat, but I think I saw somewhere that Matt Ryan is averaging 1.7 seconds in the pocket before he's getting hit. Um, and I, I do not care who your quarterback is. It could be prime Michael Vick himself. Uh, no one is going to get anything done with that little time to operate in the pocket.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How many times has he been sacked? Uh,
0: far too many. Ryan. We are we are two weeks into the season, and there are already memes galore of Matt Ryan just laid out face down in the grass, uh, surrounded by his stupefied offensive linemen.
1: Uh, through, let's see, through, through two games, Matt Ryan has been sacked four times. And, and,
0: and, I I don't think you can just look at the sack numbers. It, it, there's gotta be somewhere where you can see like a pressure rate or something like that, because to, oh, yeah, I'm his, sure. to his credit, he gets, he, he often gets the ball out despite having so little time to do so. It's just that, I mean, how good of a pass can you real realistically expect a guy to make uh, when he's having to get the ball
1: out in one and a half seconds? Right. Well, just working on that draft take, baby. I just,
0: you know, you know what would make it better, though? If, What's that? If the Falcons had as good of a social media team as the Carolina Panthers. Oh my god. <laughs> they're they're the absolute best and I hate it. I hate it so much, but they're awesome. They're it's they're like, the best they're the best in the league. It's it's like it's like the Marlins were before their social media person got fired for making a Steve Irwin joke to Tampa Bay.
1: Okay, I don't remember that.
0: Really? No. Oh yeah, no, that that actually happened. Oops. um and uh you don't remember when the like braves twitter found the job opening on linkedin for social see, media person
1: at the Miami no see Gardens? i see i thought that was after the acuna thing right maybe it was i don't know anyway maybe they've gone through multiple social media people i don't know well, you yeah, know man. when you play when you play with fire. Um, but I will say, mixed reality panther is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I would I would literally die for that computer generated panther. <laughs>
0: it's it's a pretty awesome panther.
1: Uh, yeah, it it certainly is. There, I I loved how after yesterday's game, you could just tell that the panther social media team sat around for like three days and made every meme that they could. About beating uh, New Orleans and just unloaded a clip yesterday afternoon. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. The, the last Pleasant. time I remember the
0: Falcons doing something that great on social media um, was I want to say it was 2018 for the uh, for the schedule release video. You know how you know how every team goes goes all in on making some kind of crazy funny schedule release video now yeah so so they did this one where it was um it was it was all all these uh this digital art and they would have uh a player or a mascot or something from each team sort of walking around mercedes benz stadium and right. when they got to the saints um they had. <laughs> A Saints player walking up to the Falcons player um, and (laughs) a ball comes towards them and an actual ram comes flying full speed at them and (laughs) lays them out before the ball gets there. And this is this is probably three months after um, the Rams uh, got away with one of the most egregious pass interference
1: no calls I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah, that that call still brutal. That's fantastic though. Oh, oh yeah. yeah,
0: but it was the Saints, so screw them. I, I hate the Saints and
1: everything about them. So I I, I take it you found uh, you found pleasure in what the Panthers did yesterday. Uh no. Oh why? I, I mean if I.
0: Because you saw would, a million tweets from me about I would it. I'd Rather have seen if it's gonna be between two division uh, two di- teams in the same division. I'd rather them just tie. Then nobody's happy. And if nobody's happy when the Panthers play the Saints, then I'm happy.
1: Well, that's just not nice. Right? Anyway. Enough about football. (laughs) That's enough about
0: football. What do you say we talk about some moments from this week in baseball history?
1: Let's do it so we can go to bed. All right, we are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is September 20th through the 26th. Our first fact comes to us from September 20th, 1986. Padres outfielder Tony Gwynn becomes only the fifth player since 1900 to steal five bases in a game in the team's 10 to 6 loss to Houston at the Astrodome. During his 20-year career, the 338 lifetime hitter will average only 16 stolen bases per season. Huh. So Tony Gwynn, uh early on a terror on the base paths. Um
0: yeah, and 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 you know, while we've echoed while we've echoed time and time again how great of a hitter he he was, um you you could see uh, physically why why his speed kind of dropped over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think was... I think Tony I think Tony enjoyed a good beverage every now and then. He was he was a big old boy towards the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing nothing wrong with that. I will say when you really stop to think about it, five stolen bases in a single game is a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of wild. That's
0: that's a stat where if you didn't say the name, I would be like, oh, that was probably Ricky Henderson.
1: Oh, yeah. The man of steel for sure. All right. Our next fact comes to us from September 22nd, 1911. Cy Young wins his five hundred and eleventh and final career game when he blanks the Pirates at Forbes Field one to nothing. The 35 and 101 rustlers have won only three contests in 22 attempts against Pittsburgh this season with two of the victories coming on shutouts thrown by the 44 year old veteran right-hander who was obtained by Boston on waivers from Cleveland in late July,
0: 511
1: were... wins. That's nuts.
0: But that, that's also when these guys were, were pitching like both ends of a double header, like, pitching full 14 inning games like the the game's just different oh absolutely and I on bet, that and bet, on that note i, bet my side on, my, I didn't throw a ball over 75 miles an hour the entire game
1: uh doubt it but on that note uh my final fact for this week kind of uh kind of has something to do with uh, classic double headers kind of a neat fact but we'll get to that in just a moment our next fact comes to us from uh, September 24th, 2001. Batting for reliever Joe Bemel in the bottom of the 6th inning, Craig Wilson drives the first pitch he sees into the seats in left center field for his 7th pinch-hit home run, tying the major league mark established last season by Dodger infielder Dave Hansen. The Pirate rookie's two-run round-tripper sparks a five-run frame enabling the Bucks to overcome a 5-to-nothing deficit and their eventual 7 to 6 victory over the over Chicago at PNC Park. Lots of Pittsburgh content this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. That is not the fact I meant the screenshot. <laughs> that gummit, hang on. Like not at all. I'm leaving it in there. I'm like as I'm reading that I'm like, why in the world did I screenshot this one? Nope, nope, had had nothing to do with anything. All right, hang on, let me get to September 24th on NationalPastime.com. I screen, I I see what I did. I screenshot the wrong 2001 fact. Ah, yeah, that's what happened. All right, our next fact comes to us from September 24th, 2001. Former American Major Leaguer Tuffy Rhodes ties the Japanese record set by Sadari Oh in 1964 when he takes fireballer Daisuke Matsuzaka deep for his 55th home run of the season. The Kanetsu Buffalo's outfielder has only five games left to break the record, but opposing pitchers will continually walk him intentionally, preventing the American from breaking the immortal Oh's record. Uh, so
0: so this probably isn't the the reaction you were expecting but are we really to the point where we're remembering Daisuke Matsuzaka as a
1: fireballer I mean it was 20 years ago so sure eh but eh. uh to, to to piggyback off of this um that record of 55 uh Stood still until just a few years ago in 2013, when Vladimir Balentien hit his 56th home run of the season on September 15th, 2013. Huh? Yeah, but what's actually neat is when you look into this story, um, it is genuinely believed. T- so Tuffy Rhodes did this in 2001, but a few years prior, there was another guy, another American who um, tied the record, and he didn't see a single pitch to hit for the rest of the season. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, so there, there that's kind of been a point of contention about Japanese baseball players that they protected that record vehemently against, uh, against foreigners, which is kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Huh. All right. Our next fact comes to us from September 26, 2016, a bit of a sad note here. The Marlins, all wearing the number 16, host the Mets in a game without any walk-up music, advertisements, or fan interactive activities at a very solemn ballpark in tribute to Miami right-hander Jose Fernandez, victim of a tragic boating accident only 36 hours ago. D Gordon, a left-handed hitter, begins his at-bat from the right side, wearing the late starter's helmet, and weeps as he rounds the bases, pointing to the sky when he crosses the plate to honor his friend and teammate after hitting a lead-off home run to start the game.
0: I like I I have chills going down my spine as as you're reading this. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. That was that was one of those baseball moments that that I'll remember forever. Like the the Piazza home run after 9/11, the D Gordon home run after Jose Fernandez, the 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 Angels combined no hitter after. Uh, Um. Oh goodness gracious! I'm gonna forget. Uh, Tyler Skaggs. After Tyler Skaggs passed away. Um. Just. Baseball is so
1: cool, man. It it. it, Like. And hats off, hats off to Bartolo Colon for just tossing a meatball up there. You know, I think he knew what he was doing in that situation. Sure. You know that fan base needed something like that. They did. But. And how, and how many home runs did d gordon even had that season not many i mean he was never a home run guy he was no he was your lead wasn't. off
0: like high average low power numbers speed on the base paths kind of guy
1: let's see he had no way uh that was his only home run of the season you're kidding he hit one home run in 2016 and it was that one Wow. Neat. Neat stuff. Can't believe it's been five years though. That's that's wild. Yeah. That's still it, Yeah. Still just a very sad story all around, really. And, um and I mean what a talent that
0: guy was too. He oh, was Oh, he was so good. <laughs> he was absolutely incredible and just the perfect kind of player for the city of Miami. Like this this young good-looking, high-energy, high-emotion kind of guy who could go out
1: there and deal, man. Oh, yeah. He was, he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. All right. Well, I alluded to it uh, already, but we'll end on this note. Our final fact comes to us from September 26th, 1905. When Doc White doesn't retire a batter in the first inning during the first game of a twin bill against Boston, The Game 2 starter, Ed Walsh, enters the contest without warming up, gives up five runs before blanking Boston the rest of the way in route to a 10-5 victory. The Meriden, Connecticut native proceeds to win his scheduled start in the second game, 3-1, getting credit for two complete game victories in one day. Hold hold on. (laughs) Uh, So... So
0: uh if even if you're not the starting pitcher if the starting pitcher doesn't record an out you still get credit for a complete game
1: Uh yeah Okay so high yeah, high keep, so 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 keep, so keep in mind that you know pitching stats are as far as how long you pitched are based on how many outs there were whenever you know, so if if a pitcher starts the fifth inning, but leaves with two outs, then no, he doesn't qualify for the win. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it is I all just, about
0: I, I guess I, I don't I don't recall this kind of situation happening any time more recently. So I, I've never really put any thought
1: to yeah to how that would be. Well, scored. I mean, think, think about it this way. Ed Walsh came in and got the first three outs of the game in the first inning. So he yeah. technically pitched a complete game. Huh. Neat stuff. Neat stuff. So, uh, yeah, Ed Walsh pulling pulling double duty on that day. Uh, but, you know, Saturday night, Alex, you and I pulled double duty on Spotify Green Room, both talking live and chatting with the folks participating with us. Pretty neat, that huh? That was great. Yeah, it absolutely was. And we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. But as we talked about earlier Spotify Green Room is a voice-only interactive chat room that you and your friends can join to hop on and talk with people all over the world. Heck, we even had a St. Louis Cardinals fan join us for a little bit Saturday night. Uh, and he was actually pretty cordial, believe it or not.
0: And, that, and that's one cool thing about Spotify Green Room that's, that's not necessarily in the notes they give us for these spots. Um, we started this room so we could broadcast the game and people who had just logged on to it browsing for baseball content stumbled into the room and, and were able to join us and and we interacted and it was actually pretty cool
1: yeah yeah absolutely so if you want to be one of those people to hop on and interact with us or uh doc and dylan from the platinum sombrero or whoever else you want to talk to download spotify green room today from the apple store or google play on both iphone and android devices check it out spotify green room
0: all right, guys. Well, we will be right back to take a look at the past week for the Braves and see what's ahead as we wind down to the end of the season. All right. So when we last left you, the Braves were about to start up a series with the Colorado Rockies. That started on Tuesday. Game started out well. Freddie Freeman single, descender to score Jorge Soler in the first inning before we gave up a home run to Trevor Story in the second and a uh, RBI single to uh, to Hampson Uh, Braves go down two to one in the second Uh, Swanson doubles to deep right scoring Travis Darno to tie the game up in the fourth uh, before Rogers homers to left Ruiz hits a sacrifice fly Rockies take a five to two lead now Duvall gives us a Big home run in the eighth inning, scoring Freddie Freeman to make it a 5-4 game, but the Braves could not pull it any closer than that and lose the game 5-4. Tukey Toussaint takes the loss, going four innings, allowing five hits, four earned runs, walking three and striking out five. John Gray gets the win for for the Rockies, going five innings, allowing five hits and two earned runs while striking out seven and walking two. Uh, unfortunate that the Braves lost, but the, uh, the, the, the even sadder story here is that the Braves are going to be without Tuki Toussaint for the foreseeable future. Uh, unfortunately saw some terrible news today. Tukey's father has passed away, uh, and he will not be with the team for an undetermined amount of time. So, uh, thoughts and prayers going out to Tuki Toussaint from, from
1: everyone here at the Chatting Average podcast. Yeah, just super sad. You absolutely just hate to see that news for sure. Yeah,
0: really would really like to see the team go out and, and get some wins for Tuki. But anyway, the show must go on and the Braves come back to play the Rockies again on Wednesday. Uh in a game that was delayed by rain and uh and really rained throughout the game. It was it was quite an interesting one to watch. Uh, We had Waskar Inoa taking the mound, uh, who had a a decent outing, went four and two thirds innings, uh, scattering four hits, allowing two earned runs, walking two, but striking out eight. Uh, Unfortunately, Anthony Sanzatella for the Rockies had a little bit better of an outing, going six innings, allowing seven hits, two earned runs and striking out seven. Scoring started with a Rosario single to deep center, scoring Riley. Uh, Braves took a one to nothing lead in the second before uh, before allowing two runs to the Rockies in the fifth Uh, Eddie Rosario homers in the fifth to to tie it up Uh, and then it goes to extra innings and we know how those things tend to go for the Atlanta Braves Uh, Rockies tack on a run in the 10th and the Braves could not answer Rockies win three to two in 10 innings. Now, unfortunately, the Braves never had a chance to salvage the third game of this series as it was pretty hellacious rain in Atlanta throughout the week. So the game was uh, was postponed uh, to be made up, presumably on October 4th, after the last scheduled regular season game. Uh, if but needed. I, I, yes, that's going to be an if needed, if If it affects the division standings one way or another, the game will be played. If not, that game will just be uh, ignored, and the Braves will play 161 games this season. From there, the Braves travel to San Francisco. Luckily, the weather out there was a little bit better, but unfortunately, the baseball did not start out any better for the Braves. Uh, we uh, We had to face Logan Webb again, and if you remember him from the last time we faced the Giants, Uh, This boy's good. Yeah. His stuff is absolutely gnarly. Uh, Logan Webb goes seven innings, allowing six hits, two earned runs, and striking out nine. Didn't walk a single batter on 101 pitches. Uh, Ian Anderson gives us a little bit better of an outing than we had seen from him the the past couple of times out. Goes five and two-thirds innings, allowing five hits, four earned runs, walking two, and striking out seven. Uh, The real killer was that uh, he did give up three home runs in this game. Uh, Braves did get the score started early with Duvall doubling to right, scoring Riley and Freeman in the first. Uh, Unfortunately, the Giants answered right back on a Brandon Belt homer to tie the game in the in the bottom of the first. Uh, Got solo shots from Brandon Crawford and uh, and Wade for the Giants uh, before uh, Travis Darnot comes back. And puts the Braves right back into it in the ninth inning uh, with a three run homer to make it five to four. Five to four in favor of the Braves uh, before Will Smith comes in and does what Will Smith kind of has a tendency to do uh, and gives up a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes. The Braves were one strike away from winning this one. Uh, unfortunately, the Braves go down in 11 innings, 6-5 to five, to the Giants. And, of course, the hero for the Giants, the walk-off sacrifice fly, comes from
1: Kevin Gossman. I told all Yikes. of you last year we should have brought him back.
0: Oh, man.
1: I told all of you. Every <laughs> single one of you.
0: You did, but at that point you didn't have a reason to.
1: I I had reason enough. Lies. It was a guess, and it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, full disclosure: didn't watch this game. Woke up Saturday morning, saw what happened, and realized I made the right choice. You absolutely did. Uh, <laughs>
0: so from there we go to the Saturday game, the game <clears throat> that Cam and I called live on uh, on Spotify Green Room. Uh, had a, uh, a pretty interesting pitching matchup to get it started. Charlie Morton went for the Braves, goes five innings, allowing four hits, two earned runs, only striking out three and walking three. Not Charlie's best outing, but at the same time, not something that the Braves couldn't salvage something from. Uh, Alex Wood started for the uh, for the Giants. And despite throwing three perfect innings with four strikeouts, um hadn't been stretched out since coming back off the COVID IL uh, and was pulled after those three innings. So had to uh, the giants had to piece together six innings from the bullpen and goodness gracious, they, uh, they did a pretty darn good job of that. Uh, the only scoring in the game was a, uh, a Casali single to right scoring Wade and Crawford in the fourth inning giants win two to nothing.
1: Yeah, not the, uh, not the most entertaining game to call. But we still uh, had a good
0: time. It was not. We did have fun with it, but uh tell you what, the Sunday game would have been a lot more fun to call. For sure. Uh, when you're on a four-game losing skid and uh, and you need a win, there is one guy you want on the mound, and that is Mr. Max Freed. Max goes out and throws one of his best games of the entire year, <clears throat> goes seven innings, allowing three hits. No earned runs, one walk, striking out five on 99 pitches. Uh, just a fantastic outing from Max there. Uh, Luke Jackson comes in, only allows one hit, but promptly followed it up with a double play. So a pretty pretty clean inning from him. And then one of Will Smith's better outings of the of the year closes it out for the Braves. Braves win three to nothing on the back of an Eddie Rosario cycle. That's yeah, right. Eddie Rosario hits a single, double, triple, and a homer in this same game. Uh, really, really impressive performance from him. So
1: it took it took what five years for in between Freddie Freeman's cycles. Yes. Okay. And so now Eddie Rosario is the fifth Braves player to have a cycle. It is the sixth cycle in Braves history, but. First time it's ever happened twice in one season between Braves' teammates. Another neat fact, Freddie Freeman's cycle occurred on eight eighteen, and Eddie Rosario's cycle occurred on nine nineteen. Huh. <laughs> that is odd but interesting. Um, so if, the Braves play, if the Braves are still playing on 1020,
0: y'all better watch out. <laughs> the stat that I really liked is that there have been four cycles hit in all of major league baseball this season. Four all of major league baseball, two of them have come from Atlanta Braves. It's wild, man. Love it. So got to love that Braves Braves escaped that series with a win that they desperately needed because they were at risk of uh of going into a tie with the Phillies for the division lead uh on Sunday managed to walk away Sunday with a two game lead uh which is a nice thing to take to uh to Arizona, as uh, as we're recording, that game has just gotten started. Starting a four game set with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Wasgari Noah is on the mound for the for the Braves tonight. Uh, tomorrow there is an open slot, and there have been rumors floating around the internet that we might see a rather unexpected call up for that game. Uh, I don't know how much faith you can put in this, but I have seen the name Bryce Elder kicked around as a, as a potential call-up for a start tomorrow against the Diamondbacks. Um you know, quite quite honestly, we're not we're not big uh big prospect stack guys here. So all I know is that he's been doing really well in the minors and has never sniffed a major league game before. So um, you know, it's a it's a game against the Diamondbacks who've really been struggling. So if there is a spot this late in the season to do that, this this would surely be it.
1: Yeah, the uh, the young lad appears to be quite the enigma, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't he start this season in single A? I believe so, and he has just
0: rocketed through the, the minor league system. It's wild. So that's the Tuesday game. On Wednesday, we've got Ian Anderson back up on the mound. And on Thursday, it is Charlie Morton against Madison Bumgarner. Uh, we don't need to talk about the last time the Braves faced Madison Bumgarner. I think we all know what happened there. So, yeah. f- so Friday we are in San San Diego after this Arizona series. Uh, at eight o'clock Eastern Time, the Braves and the Padres will be finishing up that seven-inning game that was rained out after uh, I believe five and a uh, yeah five and a half innings. So uh, at eight o'clock, we'll get a uh, presumably an inning and a half of baseball. Not sure who the pitchers are going to be there. That could that could possibly be just bullpen work for both of these teams, uh, followed by a 10 p.m. start on ESPN for a full nine inning game featuring a, uh, a marquee pitching matchup of Max Freed versus you Darvish. Fun. Yeah, that's gonna, that. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, on Saturday, we've got uh, the, the second or third, depending on how you want to look at it, game of this San Diego series with Waskar Inoa back up on the mound for the Braves, uh, a, an open slot right now for the Padres in that game. And on Sunday, the Braves have another open slot. Um, we could see just about anybody slot in there at this point uh, going up against Joe Musgrove for the Padres. Uh, so as we sit here today, uh, the Braves currently hold, uh, let's see, the Phillies just lost to the uh, to the Baltimore Orioles two to nothing. So the Braves are sitting on a two and a half game lead in the division. Uh, could stretch that to three if they win this game with the Diamondbacks tonight or see it fall back to two. Uh, we will see how that goes. Uh, but really need a strong showing on this road trip here uh, because we are coming right back home. To face the team that is hot on our heels, the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, it's it's um, really really hope to be able to salvage. uh, I, I would hope for at least at least four, if not five, of the next eight games, and that
1: is including the 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 finish of the makeup game. Indeed, um, you know, as nice as it is to scoreboard watch and look at what the Phillies are doing, you know, at the end of the day, you, you've got to be able to handle business as well. Um, You know, Philly losing is great and all, and it certainly helps the magic number. I do love Philly losing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't we all, but Braves have got to go out there and, and and do what they need to do as well on the field. Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully uh,
0: by the time we talk to you again, we are, uh, we are getting close to, to having something to celebrate. But before we go, we have a a text message on our voicemail line. Uh, And as a reminder, if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can always uh, call those in or text them to 678-242-9408. Looks like we are hearing again from a friend and patron of the show, Mr. Josh Goldberg says what's up guys with the season rapidly winding down and sitting on a two game lead in the east what are your realistic expectations of the coming postseason both for the braves and the field uh cam i'll let you take first
1: crack at that one um i'll feel a lot better after these four with arizona uh Definitely need to handle business here. I'll feel even more sure about how things might end up after this coming weekend. Um, I don't know. You know, as we've seen in years past, you never know with teams once it comes to the postseason. I mean, and and the interesting thing is, as soon as we lock up the division, we know exactly who we're playing and when we're playing exactly and, and means- you know and and how many how you know we know it's going to be the brewers and we know the brewers are going to have home field advantage in that in the in the divisional series there there's no other way around it so it's you know first and foremost you have to take care of the division as soon as you can uh, you know it is vastly important but i, yeah, I yeah. think I, I think going into it you just you never you never know when it comes to postseason baseball but it's like It's like we kind of talked about back in June and July, you know, when we were several games down of first that, and I think specifically when Ronald went down, you know, I made the comment and I still stick by it is that, you know, it kind of feels like we're playing with house money at this point that the fact that we've made it this far with everything that's happened this year is pretty neat. And I will enjoy the fact that, you know, us winning the division means that neither Philadelphia or New York makes it to the postseason. So there's also that. Um, I don't know. I think, I think you just look at it and say, well, you never know in a, in a best of five. You
0: never know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Brewers are a tough draw. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. They've been, they've been hitting the cover off the ball for most of the second half of the season. Uh, their starting rotation is absolutely as good as anybody in baseball. Uh, their bullpen scares the hell out of me. Um, that being said, they're a team the Braves can beat. Will they beat them? It's hard to say and even harder without having Ronald Acuna Jr. in the lineup. It uh, really depends on, on who can catch fire these these last two weeks of the season. Uh, but the, the chaos, which I'm always here for, is, is going to be on the other side of the National League draw. Uh, whoever wins the whoever wins the NL West is going to be the number one seed. Uh, whoever finishes second in the NL West is going to be the number two seed. And at this point, it's starting to look like whoever finishes second in the NL West is going to be playing the same the, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and we've all seen far too many times what the Cardinals are capable of. Of pulling out of their ass in the postseason yeah that they're
1: devil magic and i hate it so
0: so uh my my sincere hope is that the 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 giants win the nl west the cardinals play the dodgers the cardinals put the dodgers out in the wild card game and then the cardinals play the giants giants beat the cardinals Braves beat the Brewers. We get a Giants, Braves, NLCS. Uh, I I like I like our chances against the Giants. Um, as as good as I like them uh, against the Dodgers or the Cardinals for that matter, given their uh their their tendency to to summon some magic in the postseason. Right. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I I, I mean uh it, the 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 Wild card and the number one seed will be a lot of fun to watch, uh, but that Brewers series still makes me very nervous.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure. Got to take care of things over the next week and a half, though.
0: Absolutely. Uh, a postseason berth is no guarantee at this point. So uh, these guys got to get to work and win some games. Um, but for now, we're going to call it a show. We'll talk to y'all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Ah. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast.